pipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rap Show Podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads, played by some of the top bands around the world, including our current champion of champions in Vararian District, and of course the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rap Show Podcast. Hello there, and welcome along to another Big Rap Show Podcast. How are you? Hope you are all keeping the best out there on podcast land. It's been a busy week in the piping world, so we've got tons to talk about this week. Yep, you may think it's the off-season at the minute, and there's not much happening, but... Au contraire, my friend. We have got so much stuff to get through. Yeah, it's a bit of a crazy week. (laughs) So, let's get into the domestics first of all. Before we start into everything, welcome. We are the show for the piping folk. If this is the first time you're listening to the Big Rab Show podcast, welcome. If bagpiping is your thing, then yeah, we are the show for you. We cover everything in the bagpiping world, be it from the Celtic music scene, folk music, even down to our bread and butter, which is competitive piping and drumming. Yeah, that's what we're all about. And we welcome you to this, our 90-something or other episode. Isn't that crazy? Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, we're getting closer to episode 100. We'll get talking about that. That's something pretty special. In case you haven't heard about it, we've been talking about it now for this last number of weeks and plastering it all over social media. We'll talk about that in a wee bit. But anyway, uh, yes, we do start each and every show with a shout out to our patrons. We are changing things up on our Patreon page. We've uploaded a lot of extra content on there, actually, which is just exclusive to Patreon users. So if you are wanting to help support the show, you can do. You can go along to our Patreon page and for as little as a price of coffee every month, like two quid, you can get your mitts on all this extra content. Plus, there is plans that had teased this last week. But we now have concrete plans in the works to put together a Big Rab Show Plus podcast, which will be exclusive to Patreon people only. So it'll be a Patreon only podcast available for you guys who would like to help support us on there. There you go. So a little bit of extra content. So let's give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. Shout out goes to Harris Kilts, Source Bagpipes, Brandon Moreno, LoneStarPiper.com. You guys are awesome! Yes, you are. Thank you so much for clicking that support button. Like I say, from as little as a price of a cup of coffee every month, yeah, it really does help support everything that we do here in the Rab Show. It helps pay our internet bill or travel or cell phone data, all that sort of stuff that we need uh, to bring you live streaming from events and different things from throughout the piping season. Uh, Yeah, every click of support really does mean the world. So thank you to everyone who has done. Right. Let's get into things, shall we? We normally kick off each Big Rab Show podcast with some listener meal. And this week's been quite good on the listener meal front. So thank you to everyone. Uh, By no means was I complaining last week, by the way. I did kind of sound as if I was a bit whiny and a bit miserable because the listener meal has been a bit quiet last week. But I completely understand where everybody is at the minute. And we're in the depth of winter month practice, and we'll get talking about that too. Yeah, the topic of this week's podcast, drum scores. Mm, it's going to be an interesting conversation, but let's get into things first of all on listener mail. 
Now, I did say that we do prefer, if you can, to send us in voicemails. Voicemails is where it's at. We love bringing your voice here to the podcast. So if you want to get in contact with us, please do. Our email address is bigrabshow at gmail.com. Very simple. Bigrabshow at gmail.com. And thanks to the guys at Chander Rant. I think I heard them this week. Uh, They were actually... Go and check out the guys from Chandaran, actually. Shout out to those guys, Andrew, Andy and Josh. They produced an incredible episode this week. Definitely worth catching. Uh, they're talking all about band practice and how it's structured and all of that. Anyway, shameless plug for the guys at Chandaran. A really great episode this week. And yeah, they were challenging their listeners to come and fill up our mailbox full of, uh, yeah, of listener mail and mail from the... So, hey, Perfect. Brilliant. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, so let's get into it. First of all, we have a voicemail here from Andrew O'Sullivan. How's it going, Rab? Andrew O'Sullivan from New Jersey. Uh, just calling in, figuring uh, you're pretty dry with the voicemail, so uh, I'd give one over. Um, I was taking a listen to your uh, Pipe Major episode back a few weeks ago, and um, some things I could definitely relate to. Um, I, I myself run a, uh, a road band out here in, in New Jersey, in the States, and um, it could be a challenge for sure. I know uh, Josh and Andy over at the Channel Rant have their uh, their beef with service bands, and uh, I could totally relate to, to what, they're, what they're saying. Um, I enjoyed the show. I thought it brought up some good points. And one of the things I'd like to add is that uh, all good pipe majors should also be drummers or at least have some uh some exposure to to drum music and and what you know what kind of the basics are just so that you can better relate to the drum session and you can then better relate to the pipe section on what the drummers are doing um i think that's a key thing and really ties everything together uh for the band so uh that's all i got uh keep up the good work i think you you're doing a uh Great service to the piping and drumming community. Uh, I love your enthusiasm that you bring to it. And uh, if we could just bottle up that enthusiasm for for some other folks, and uh, it would be great. So I look forward to episode 92, I think it is, and, and beyond. And looking forward to hearing the uh, the 100th the big big rap show live. That will be a uh, fun, thing, fun thing to hear. So hope all is well, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Wow, Andrew, thank you so much for your voicemail. And yeah, what I'm noticing is a lot of people are going through the back catalogue. Now granted, our Pipe Major episode was only a few weeks ago, so perhaps, Andrew, you're only just getting caught up. Uh, But yeah, you know, being a Pipe Major is not an easy job. We talked about it on that podcast. You can go back and listen to it if you haven't caught it yet. And yeah, I do suggest that pipe majors talk more to their drum corps sometimes they can get a little blinkered and concentrate solely on the piping so yeah i hope you've enjoyed the podcast so far andrew thank you so much for your message i really appreciate it and yeah episode 100 will we get into it at this point i don't want to i will talk about it later at length but episode 100 whoo man I think, again, referring to uh, Chandaran, Fusco, Andy Fusco had said that if you're ever planning on running a concert, then don't. <laughs> and man, I wish I took his advice. This has been so much work. It's been crazy. But you know what? I am so excited for it at the same time. It's kind of a, I don't know, 
juxtaposition. Like one hand, you're really stressed out trying to get stuff organized, and on the other hand, you're waiting with bated breath. You can't wait to hit the stage and start recording episode 100. I can't wait for this. But man, I just wish all the organization of it all was over. <laughs> you know, all the admin stuff. Oh man. Anyway. We'll fly on. We'll talk more about episode 100. Andrew, thank you. And yeah, we'll wish you well with your pipe majorship and running your band. Uh, yeah, it's not an easy job. It certainly sometimes can be a bit of a thankless task. Uh, so mm, hang in there, buddy. It's not going to be easy. And as you say, motivation is one of those things that's definitely a big issue for a lot of players. And uh a difficult one for a pipe major to address. So I wish you well, friend. I wish you well. Now, let's fly on. Now, one guy. I have to say, I was so excited to get this voicemail when I got this. And I listened to it like once or twice. And like, what? That couldn't be him. Like, really? Wow. I couldn't believe it. We got a voicemail from Honey Bourbon. G'day, big poo Honey Bourbon here from the Chantarine side of things. Anyway, first of all, long time listener, first time caller. Love your show, love what you're doing, keep it up. But, uh, yeah, I was disappointed with your episode last week. You missed out in a pretty big competition down here in Australia. Yeah, the ACT Championships were on. And you uh, missed the results. I was listening to all your lists and, yeah, it didn't come up. So anyway... It's on Facebook. It was live streamed on Facebook. You can uh, go back and watch it. Tyler Fry was MC. It was a great day. Spectacular weather. So yeah, hopefully I get to hear the results this week on your episode. Anyway, short and sweet. Hashtag one of the six. And I'll leave Joe Brady alone. He seems like a good bloke. Say, buddy. <laughs> I tell you what, the guys from Chandler Rant have really pushed the boat out. A lot of their characters and listeners are contacting our show, so thank you guys for the Chandler Rant podcast. But also, man, I can't say again how excited I was to hear Honey Bourbon messaging us in the voicemail. That was, I'll give you a shout out. Awesome! Yeah, it really was. It made my week whenever I heard Honey Bourbon. Hey, Reb! Pony bourbon, eh? Lethal. <laughs> and, yeah, he's talking about ACT championships there in Canberra. I'd say seen it coming up as the Canberra Burns Club Highland Gathering. And, yeah, I do... Well, I knew about the event and everything. Obviously, Jim Kilpatrick was judging at it. And all, Tyler Fry, of course, he was doing the MC, like you said. A lot of big names in the piping game were actually judging at this. But as far as the competition goes itself, I think there was 10 bands in total involved. Not... The huge on my radar, but I did see it happening, and as soon as I spotted the live stream, of course, shared it out there onto the Rab Show Facebook page as I spotted it. Now, as far as results go, Honey Bourbon, I couldn't find them. I've been googling furiously ever since I knew the championships happened, and I couldn't find them anywhere. Now, I could actually sit and watch the live stream and try and find the results, but I think it's over two and a half hours long or something like that for the entire live stream. I'm afraid I don't have that time to commit to be able to sit and watch the entire thing. So, I don't know. I might skip ahead in the live stream and stuff, but I don't want to miss performances. Um, looking at the competition itself, it was all the way up to grade 2, actually. So, it was bands through all the grades, which was brilliant to see. We had in grade 2, we had Hawthorne City Pipe Band and the Pipe Band Club as well. I'm actually a bit of a Pipe Band Club fan, so... 
Awesomeness. Uh, looking at grade three, you had Sydney Thistle Highland Pipe Band, Burns Club Pipe Band number one, and yeah, Burns Burns a Club Pipe Band featured quite a lot in here. Uh, but also grade four, your entries in there was uh, Queen Bean. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, pipes and Drums, Smithfield RSL Pipes and Drums, Sydney Thistle Highland Pipe Band, Burns Club again, Old Scotch Pipes and Drums, and Canberra Celtic Pipe Band. There you go. Now I hope that is enough for me reading through a list for you. Smarty pants. <laughs> yeah, we do love a list on here, but hey, that's what we do. We try and bring you the news of what's happening out there. It did look to be quite an awesome event, very well attended, I have to say. It was, drew quite an audience, which I was well impressed with. Um, so, hey, I don't know. Who knows? One of these times I might get down under to go to a competition down in Australia. I've, I've seen how amazing the piping scene is down there. I have, you know... Uh, quite a number of friends actually who play in bands down there in Australia. Uh, yeah, I would love to get down there sometime. Even to New Zealand as well. Sometimes the championships in New Zealand, uh, especially in the nationals this year, went very well. Uh, anyway, I'm rambling. But either way, I would love to travel down under and sample some of the piping world down there, even just to get a flavour of how it all works, because I am very aware that it's very different from what we do here in the UK. Uh, so, like, for instance, uh, you start the competition with a parade of the town, which is something that never really happens here, and your parade of the town actually gets judged and forms part of your end result, which I find fascinating. So that actually encourages bands to be able to march and play at the same time. A lot of bands here in the UK kind of take it for granted that you have to march all of maybe a couple of hundred yards into the circle and then march back out again. And that's about the extent of your marching done. So it's very interesting to me. Anyway, Honey Bourbon, you made my week. Thank you so much. <laughs> All sorts of chuff to hear from Honey Bourbon. Uh, anyway, crazy stuff. Now, we're getting more emails in. Here's one's from Chris. He says, hey, Grab, uh, thanks very much for your podcast. And he says, a somewhat strange thought popped into his head recently while listening to the podcast. Oh, dear. He says, in just about every episode, and he don't remember the first few, but over almost two years, you always announce that it's time for a big cup of tea. That's right, I do. (laughs) And in that time, I don't think that anyone has asked you, or has even mentioned it, what kind of tea are you drinking? (laughs) That's a good question. He says, black, green, herbal, milk tea. Are you adding anything to the tea? Wait, sorry, wrong podcast. (laughs) No, I'm not adding getting alcohol in there, no. Um, so he says, please do tell us, inquiring minds want to know. And that's from Chris Shepard, Piper at the City of Albany Pipe Band. Chris, I drink Twining's. Hmm. Twining's tea. Yeah, and I drink it with a little drab of milk in it, as we say in Northern Ireland. A wee taste of milk in it and wan sugar. There you go. That's as ordinary as it gets. Alright, twine and tea bags. I don't know if they're a international brand by any means, but I think the one I'm using is a it's just called Everyday. Twining's everyday tea. There you go. <laughs> you can Google that and see what tea I'm drinking if you really are interested. But that's normally what I have, and yeah, legitimately, people don't believe me when I say this. It's time for a cup of tea. But normally I do record the podcast in two parts. I know, I'm letting you peek behind the curtain. But I do normally record this first bit. I come into my podcasting studio where I won't be bothered by... Babe! 
Kids can't come inside. I, you know, I record it out here. I chat to you guys and talk all about the news and everything. And then I go into the house, say hi to the wife and kids and make a cup of tea. And I bring it back out again and record part two and edit the whole thing together and present it to you as one podcast. So there you go. That's how it's all put together. Very geeky. <laughs> Grant. Now, we got another little bit of uh, listener mail, and this one came in from Claire Stewart from the Las Vegas Pipe Band. Hey, Claire, you are again a legend, my friend. Of course, because he featured on the Channel Ram podcast as well. We're getting a lot of mail from Channel Ram people. This is brilliant, by the way. So thanks, Josh and Andy, for sending everyone our directions. Brilliant to hear from everyone. He said, hey, Rab, love the podcast and all you do uh, to further piping and drumming. I am one of the six and recently moved into a new place and found that my neighbour is not a fan of piping music. <laughs> He's come by a few times while I'm indoors practicing to tell me he can hear me in the street, which is against some homeowner association bylaws. Hmm. I ended up practicing inside my closet inside a bedroom to keep the peace. Wow, really? <laughs> how big is your closet uh, have you had anyone else with similar problems or where do pipers practice keep up the great job congratulations on 100 episodes hashtag one of the six hashtag two drunken idiots hashtag chanderam <laughs> thank you claire yeah um practicing finding space to practice can be of a premium and that is actually going to be one of our future episodes that we've been working on Getting practice space. So you've kind of preempted me there, Claire. Um, yeah, practice space. I think it's more of a thing with people living in built-up areas. So I don't know if you're living in a metropolitan area or an urban area of any kind, but clearly you have your neighbours, and that is a very big problem. Not so much for drummers, however. We can just wheel away on a practice pad and no one really cares what we're doing. But for pipers, more so it's a huge problem because you need to blow your bagpipes to get the things moving and working. In fact, you need to blow them nearly every day to make sure that they're maintained and make sure they're moving. So, yeah, I do know guys who live in flats and different apartments and different things and they have neighbours above them, below them and beside them and it can be very difficult to get practice time. In fact, what I've noticed, a lot of these guys who live in these urban areas with neighbours at close proximity, they actually just take their pipes and go somewhere else. A lot of them either find a community centre somewhere or find a big open space like a park or even a beach. I know a couple of my friends actually practice out at the beach. And what ends up happening, whenever they go out there and practice in a big open public space like that, uh, well, number one, they draw a crowd because <laughs> everyone comes over and says, oh, someone's busking. So, no, I'm not busking. I'm trying to learn this tune. Uh, but on a lot of different occasions, I've heard times where guys have had money thrown in their pipe box. And they're like, hey, hey, no, 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 I'm only practicing. I'm not busking. You know, I don't want to break any laws. <laughs> Take your money back. So, I don't know. That is the topic of, of a future podcast. We will be talking about that. So, thank you very much for your question. Uh, yeah, finding practice space for bagpipes can be difficult. And uh, yeah, even sometimes for me, finding podcast space can be difficult. That's why I have to do it out here in my podcast studio, which is way attached from my house. Anyway, Grant, let's fly on. We've got so much that's happening in the bagpiping world. It's been nuts. So, uh, But I have to say thank you to everyone who sent in listener mail. Good majority of you were from the Chanter Ram podcast, so you clearly answered the call of Josh and Andy. So thank you, Josh and Andy, by the way, by motivating your listeners to contact us. 
And uh, yeah, I think that's been loads of free publicity for you guys. <laughs> Hashtag one of six, baby! But yeah, it's been brilliant actually over on Channel Rant. If you haven't uh, checked out their podcast yet, please do go over and click the download button. But bear in mind, it's not for the faint-hearted. Uh, strong language and adult themes are yeah throughout and if you are of a sensitive persuasion it may not be for you however if you do want to enjoy some kind of adult chat related in the piping world in some way then yeah definitely worth going to check out because they have been following their difficult times at the band that shall not be named it's very very interesting so go and check them out shameless plug for chanter rant okay Now, a little bit of a news story broke recently, and one I want to pay a little attention to and draw your attention to. Saturday, the 17th of November, here in the UK, some of the world's leading solo pipers and a quartet from Scottish Power Pipe Band are going to be taken to the stage in aid of the Wishaw General Hospital Neonatal Unit in Lanarkshire in Scotland. Now, why are they raising money for this? We'll get to that in a minute, but first I want to tell you about the lineup. <laughs> the lineup uh, will be from the National Piping Centre includes Gordon Bruce, he's a double silver medalist. We have Willem Geddes, he's a Dunvegan medalist, three time runner up to the gold medal and a silver medalist. We have Finley Johnson, a double gold medal winner and a clasp winner. Oh, come on. And then we have Darak Yurkut, even. Darak Yurkut, I could just about talk tonight. And he's a 2018 silver medal winner. And yeah, of course we have that quartet from Scottish Power, the 2018 British champions. Now, why are all these guys going to be hitting the stage and piping to raise money? Well, they're all going to be ably supported by North Lanarkshire School pupils who, yeah, are all part of this amazing event. And the reason they're raising it is because of the neonatal unit uh, for pipe major Ross Cowan's son, Jack. Now... Pipe Major Ross Cowan of Ross, of course, is Pipe Major of Lanigan District Schools. Uh, yeah, he had a son recently and who was born prematurely. Now, as a result, obviously, there were a lot of big fears around the time that the son may not survive. But thanks to the work of the Wishaw Neonatal Unit, uh, Jack is now fighting fit. Uh, if anything, what we would say here in Northern Ireland is that he's a wee bruiser. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see the work that's being carried out by the neonatal unit and as a thank you and from all of us in the piping world we want to help raise money towards a special cause so this event is for all piping enthusiasts as you know you have some of the best in the piping game hitting the stage there will also be a raffle on the night that's going to be supported generously by a lot of local businesses and also yeah, the whole event's going to be sponsored by the National Piping Centre, McCallum Bagpipes, the Kilt Centre, G1 Reads, hashtag G1 Reads, baby, Elixir Piping and Drumming, Chris Armstrong, Pipes, Dreams and Piping Press. A lot of people actually supporting this event. It's going to be brilliant. So, yeah, tickets are available for this. You can go along to, let me see if I can find the address for this, uh, TicketTailor.com. Yeah, there you go. Tickets are six quid and every pound of this goes along to raising money for the neonatal, neonatal unit there in Wishaw General Hospital. It's going to be a fantastic night. I cannot wait. And uh, I think on the bottom of the advertisement is that there will be a licensed bar. Hey, licensed bar! Lethal. <laughs> That's going to be a one heck of a night, raising money for a great charity. And speaking of events, raising money for a charity, it's going to be a great night. All right, let's get into it. The Big Rab Show live. Yeah, episode 100. I think we've talked about it now 
until I'm nearly annoyed everyone to the point of switching off. Uh, <laughs> Big Rab Show podcast, November 3rd in the Terrace Hotel in Marafelt. We have announced our full lineup. Now, I don't know if we've spoke about it yet, the full lineup here on the podcast, but we have now announced everyone who's going to be appearing on stage. And trust me, there's something in there for a piper, something in there for drummers, and also something in there for drum majors. Yeah. This is going to be quite an awesome night. Tickets are available on thebigrabshow.com. You can go and get them. They are still available, believe it or not. Yeah, and they're available, what is it, 7 quid 50. And every every pound and penny raised from ticket sales will be going towards the Music Service for Pipes and Drums, which is a local charity here, which is involved in going around schools in Northern Ireland teaching kids of all ages how to pipe and drum. So that's what it's all about, raising money for charity as well as celebrating our 100th episode. I can't wait for this. So let's talk about our lineup, in case you haven't heard who's coming. All right, kicking things off, then we have a display by some of the best drum majors in the world, including our current world champion. We have Emma Barr, we have Jason Price, we have James Kennedy, Lauren Hanna, uh, we have Louise Smiten as well. Yeah, so, see, I'm trying to remember all the names. <laughs> yeah, some of the best in the business and also some of the future who will be in the prize list, trust me. So, yeah, but this is not going to be your usual drum major display, okay? Now, normally, whenever people think, ah, oh, drum majors, they'll walk around and, you know, haha, they'll, you know, twirl about a bit and then walk up and down and go home. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. They're going to be doing something quite special. And I wish I could tell you here in the podcast what these drum majors will be doing, but I can't. I can't tell you on the pod. I can't even tell you on the radio show, for that matter. The only way for you to find out what they're going to be doing is to go there on the night itself and find out with your own eyes. Trust me, this is going to be something epic. These guys, you know, proper champions, countless major championships, as well as our current world champion, going to be producing something special i can't wait for this so that's where drum majors now also on to another act that you may not have heard about but aaron McElwain. we talked about him before here in the podcast aaron McElwain is the bass drummer with klaus kell plus he is a drum major as well but he won't be doing either of those when he hits the stage he'll be doing something kind of awesome as well now it's not uh bass drumming related it's not drum major related it's I can't tell you. Again, it's going to be something kind of cool. And uh, I wish I could tell you. That's what's killing me. But yeah, Aaron McElwain from Klaus Kelt. Very talented guy. Oh, you're going to want to see this. (laughs) Okay, let's look at the pipers then, shall we? We have, first of all, Graham Harris from the Blackthorn Piping Society. And of course, Harris Bagpiping. Yeah, Graham will be there. On stage, and I cannot wait. Of course, he was previously from the Field Marshal, of course, and Major Sinclair. Oh, too many bands to mention. And he frequently competes at the Lorient Festival. Man, I'm so excited to see what Graham's going to bring to the stage. And it won't be your usual Highland piping display as well. I have to say that. See, this is one thing that's kind of running through every act here. They're doing something unusual. I think this is what makes the Rab Show live event so cool is that they're going to be doing something different. It's not your standard piping and drumming thing. You stand up, you play an MSR, you go home. Nah, this is going to be something different. So, there you go. Graham Harris going to be on stage. 
Can't wait to see him. Also, looking after the bagpiping for us, we have Kevin Rogers from St. Lawrence Atul. Of course, we all know him affectionately as the Big Ian. Aye, Kevin Rogers from St. Lawrence Atul. One of the frontline pipers for St. Lawrence as well as being quite successful on the solo circuit for a good number of years. Kevin is really well known on the piping world. A lot of you guys out there, I'm sure, are nodding your head. You know who Kev is. Yeah, Kev will be there on the night playing some awesome tunes and I can't wait to see him. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, really excited for that. So that's the pipers. Who's going to be looking after the drumming front? Well, we have the brand new lead tipper of Ravara Pipe Band, Matthew Shaw. He'll be there putting on a bit of a display. So yeah, as you all know, Matthew took over the helm at Ravara this year in grade two. Uh, whenever they took their demotion to take a step down. Now, as you know, Ravara actually managed to pick up a major this year with Matthew at the helm. So, yeah, not bad. Being straight into the role of Lee Tipper and picking up prizes along the line. Yeah, Matthew will, again, be doing something unusual on the drumming front, not your standard drum display. So, really looking forward to seeing what Matthew has to bring. Definitely going to be worth catching. Now, also, then, for the drummers... We have Gareth McLeese. Yes, Gareth McLeese, of course, from the Field Marshal. Snare drummer extraordinaire. Cannot wait to see Gareth on stage. Of course, he's signed this really exciting endorsement deal with the British Drum Company. Hopefully, you get chatting to him about that on the podcast in episode 100. That'll be kind of awesome. But also, it would just be awesome to see him on stage doing what he does best. Everyone knows Gareth McLeese. Of course, he's quite famous in the piping world. Plus, he's going to be playing this weekend. We're going to be talking about that too. Yeah, so Gareth McLeese going to be on stage at the Big Rab Show Live. And that kind of wraps up our lineup. That plus we have a plethora of other stuff. Now, it's not just going to be these guys on stage doing what they do best, but it will also be a Rab Show podcast. Of course, you'll have me up there blathering away. Now, we have got a number of amazing sponsors for this event. A lot of companies out there, a lot of people wanted to be involved in this event, which is just I have to say, incredible. So thank you to all of the amazing sponsors who's got in touch with us. And as a result, we have got some kind of awesome giveaways for you guys. <laughs> we have some kind of awesome giveaways uh, for you guys, the listeners of the podcast. Plus, if you're going to turn up to the live event, that's where you can get the get the majority of the stuff. Yeah, turn up on the night, pay for your ticket, get through the door, and you have the opportunity picking yourself up some awesome freebies now i can't really tell you what they are just now but trust me some of these prizes that we're going to be giving away on the night uh i want them myself i don't want to give them away (laughs) damn it i want it but yeah i can't wait to be able to go to episode 100 and give them out to you guys as prizes and stuff it's going to be a lot of fun so if you haven't yet got your tickets please do go along TheBigRabShow.com, go to the Wii Shop icon along the top, and there's two different ticket options, and both are exactly the same price. Uh, one's your standard admission ticket, and the other one is your VIP ticket. Now, what is the difference? Your VIP ticket entitles you to get your name put in a hat for you to take part in the show. And that's basically it. If you are taking part in the show, you have the chance to win some pretty big prizes. Now, like I said, we have some big sponsors in the show, and we have some kind of awesome prizes to give away and trust me you're going to want a vip ticket if you want to get your hands on this stuff (sighs) good good stuff anyway grant so that's it rab show live third of november go along to the big tickets are still currently available you can go and grab them now while you can okay 
let's talk about the big event that's happening this weekend. Of course, it's the World Solo Drumming Championships. And how stupidly excited I am for this. It's not funny. Like, it's not funny. Anyway, this weekend, of course, we've just had the announcement from RSPBA that they will be live streaming the event. Which is all sorts of awesome. We were kind of nervous because they held on until the last minute there uh, to tell us whether they were going to be live streaming this at all. But according to their statement, we love a good statement here, said they're delighted to announce that once again Glasgow Life will be live streaming the World Solo Drumming Championships. They'll be doing the adult final. So everyone will be asking, can we watch the juveniles? The answer is no, unfortunately. So on Saturday the 20th, World Solo Drumming Championships, if you can't make it, don't worry. Go along to theworlds.co.uk and you can click on the link then for World Solo Drumming Championships and it's all going to be up there. But that's not all. Now, as you guys are aware, the RSPBA, the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association, they have their own YouTube channel. I would urge you now, if you are on YouTube at all, go along and subscribe. Just about talk. Subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe to the RSPBA YouTube channel because they will be uploading the Juvenile 5 final along with the Adult final all after the fact. So if you don't want to watch it live and you want to watch it available on Catch Up, you can go and use the YouTube channel like a Catch Up service. What's not to love? So this apparently will be available after the championship has ended and everyone has been crowned. Pardon me. Everyone has been crowned. Champions. I'm burping on the podcast now. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Yeah, so it's nearly tea time. That's what's wrong. Uh, so, yeah, once everyone's been crowned, it'll all get uploaded to YouTube. You can go back and watch it. I can't wait for this event. Now, the reason why I can't wait for it is because they're trying a brand new format. Don't know if you managed to see this or not, but whenever I first of all looked at the draw, I thought, ah, pretty standard. You have all your juvenile grades, of all your different sections with your marches and your MSR performances. Fine, all of that looks normal. And then whenever you look at the adult qualifiers, some of the names kind of jump out at you. Yeah, now I'm not going to read through the list here, of course, because people hate me reading lists. But you can go to the rspba.org and look at the draw. Now, notably, there's some huge names in here in the adult qualifiers. We have Stephen McWhorter, who's in Heat 1. We have Craig Laurie, Chris McNichol is all in there some big names and that's just heat one and the heat two also a lot of huge names in there we have michael mckenna mickey mckenna's in there stephen Crichton is in there gavin node as well again and then heat three i got a load more big names i'm gonna be flying on just reading names now but you have gavin Orr in there blair brown of course matthew shaw we just talked about A lot of big names, and these are all in the heats. Now, why are these big names in the heats? Well, this is where the new format comes in. Yeah, to be pre-qualified for a semi-final spot, you had to attend one of the pre-qualification events. Now, we were talking about it as the season unfolded, and yeah, it turned out that a lot of these big names couldn't actually attend these pre-qualification events for one reason or another. So they have to play an extra run in the hope that they can get a semi-final spot. Now that, that's crazy. It's crazy. And whenever you consider for years and years and years, pre-qualification went on your previous year's experience 
at the World Solos. So say you made it to the final of the previous year's World Solos, then you were pre-qualified then for the following year. That's not the case. In 2018, they threw that out the window. And they're going with this brand new thing. Now, I understand the reasoning behind it. They wanted people to attend more events around the place. So, yeah, by making an event a world final or a world semi-final qualifier, you hope to draw a crowd. You hope to draw some of the big guns in the drumming game in the hope that they would pre-qualify for the semis because obviously everyone looks towards the world so if you're playing somewhere i don't know say lanark somewhere up there and uh yeah that turns out to be a pre-qualifying event and you could bring in the likes of stephen mcwhorter or stephen Crichton or some of the huge names like keith or do you know what i mean uh, and they're in there trying to fight it out trying to get a pre-qualification spot clearly you're going to draw a crowd has it worked i don't know is the answer. I really don't know. Uh, whenever you look at the list of their semi-finalists, again, can't take it away. There are some huge names in there. You have Garth McLees, of course, that I've just announced playing on our show. Uh, Jake Jorgensen, Willie Glenholmes, Marcus Wenlock, uh, you know, Grant Cassidy from the Chili Pipers, of course, from St. Lawrence as well. Ross Martin from Denny and Donny Piss. A lot of huge names in here in the adult qualifiers semi-finals. But that doesn't make it easy for some of our big guns. So whenever you talk about Stephen McWhorter, who clearly has to be one of the names that everyone's talking about being a possible favourite, I would disagree. It's going to be really difficult for Stephen or any one of those other big names who aren't pre-qualified to get through and win the thing. Because you have to play in your heats in the morning. Now, I mean the morning. You're talking possibly 9am for some of the draws. Then you have to play in your semi-finals. And you're up against some quite big names in there too. And then, if you make it that far, and you've had two real killer runs, then you have it to do again. And you have to play an MSR and medley selection for your final. That's not a small thing by any means. So, hey, see if any of those big guns who weren't pre-qualified end up winning this thing. Everyone deserves to buy them a beer. They they deserve a pint and then some. You know, they have achieved something incredible. So, hey, good luck to everyone this weekend competing at the World Solos. This new format has been a bit of a conversational piece on the Rab Show for a little while. We were talking about it on Fuse there. This is going to be really interesting. As for any predictions, I honestly can't put a prediction on this. Um, <laughs> I'm not just saying that, but I think because of this new system and the way it works... By the time people hit the adult final, so much could have happened already. Like the adult final, the MSRs don't start until half three in the afternoon. And by that time, you could have already played, you know, two or three times that day. You know, and in essence, sometimes snare drummers only have maybe two good runs in them. So, I don't know, man. This is going to be really difficult. And I'm not just saying that. This world's final will certainly sort... The man from the mice, isn't that what they say? So, yeah, get tuned in to the live stream would be my advice. Go along to the worlds.co.uk this weekend and catch the World Solo Drumming Championship. It's definitely going to be worth watching. Even if you're not a drummer and you're not a fan of solo drumming, this is going to be one that you're going to want to catch because they've changed all the goalposts and shook things up. This is going to be interesting. Hmm. Anyway, let's fly on. We've got... <laughs> So much more stuff to talk about. 
Ah, speaking of which, the world solos and everything. I don't know, shameless plug, of course, for my BBC show that I'm doing called Kentra. Uh, I managed to actually get talking to Stephen McWhorter and had a wee chat with him about the championships. Uh, yeah, and also t- talking to him about what preparation goes in and everything. It was an interesting talk. So if you are interested, you can go along to uh, BBC Radio Ulster and just look for Kentra. That's spelled K-I-N-T-R-A. And uh, yeah, you can check it out. I got a pretty good interview with Stephen McWhorter and we talk all about the championships coming up. So that bit of a shameless plug. Like I said, flying on. The Piper of the Year 2018 event. Yeah, what well, happened. And... <laughs> I was talking about it on last week's podcast. I said that it was going to be kind of an awesome event, and I unfortunately didn't make it again. Now, we have the results from the Piper of the Year, and I think by all accounts, the event itself was very well attended. I believe it was standing room only, and again, produced some awesome performances. I've yet to see any recordings, however, but I've been told that some of the piping on the night has been some of the best that they've heard this year so far. So, who won what? Well... Looking at the results then, MSR, who won the MSR? It went to James Fraser. Yes, well done, James. Second place was Ashley McMichael, of course, from Field Marshal. Uh, William Rowe then from New Zealand came third, and then John McElmurray came fourth. Not bad at all. Then on to the Peabrook then. First was John McElmurray, not bad. Second was Ashley McMichael. Are you noticing something happening here? Yeah. Hornpipe and Jig then went to James Fraser, of course. And then the best junior piper went to John McElmurray. So, who won Piper of the Year, you may ask? Well, congratulations goes to Ashley McMichael. Woo! There you go. It was a two-way tie. Ashley McMichael and James Fraser. So, in this case, it was awarded in Peabrook preference to Ashley. So, there you go. It was a bit of a... Yeah, people were wondering how do we split this trophy in two. But there you go. Congratulations to Ashley McMichael, who has now won all three major titles here in Ireland. He's won the Ulster, the All-Ireland, and the Piper of the Year, which is a pretty rare achievement, to be honest, in solo piping in, uh, here in Northern Ireland. It's, I don't think it's happened too often. I think it maybe happened one or twice, once or twice before. So it's quite a big deal. So congratulations to Ashley McMichael, Piper of the Year. Now, I have to say, I talked about civic receptions on the podcast last week. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if I've opened the floodgates or what. But it turns out that a lot of bands out there actually were in receipt of these civic receptions. One, notably, I have to say, was Pasadena Scots. Did you guys see this? Now, I didn't normally... Uh, know that these kind of events happen internationally. I do know that they do happen here in the UK. But, yeah, world champions, Pasadena Scottish Pipes and Drums, were honoured by the city of Pasadena. Isn't that awesome? So they've got photographs with the mayor and everything, and a a wee handing over of a plaque and everything, and a big uh, photos in the press. and It's brilliant. Fantastic. So more of that, please, United States. If your band manages to win a title at the Worlds, then honour those champions and pat them on the back. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, as much as I'm crowing about uh, civic receptions here in the UK, I'm so glad to see that it's happening internationally as well. So shout out to uh, Pasadena Scots Pipes and Drums. Fantastic to see your names in lights. Uh, and honoured by your city. That's fantastic stuff. Okay, let's fly on now. I briefly want to talk about this. I will be talking more about this on the podcast, but I want to talk about the Young Traditional Musician of the Year Award. Now, this is, of course, for BBC Radio Scotland, but the Young Traditional Musician of the Year Award is normally really interesting. I've been following it so far, and I have to say, for us piping fans, we've got one of our own in there. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, congratulations to Ross Miller. Yeah, he's a finalist. And oh, all sorts of chuffed for Ross. Of course, those of you who know Ross well enough, he's a piper with Inverarian District. And he also has yeah, a piper with so many other traditional bands out there in the Celtic scene and everything. Ross is an incredible, incredible musician, and I, I'm so chuffed for him to be included in here. So we'll be following his progress from, yeah, when he goes through this, and the final will eventually be in January. So we will be talking all about that in future podcasts and how you can possibly affect the award. I don't know if there's a public vote or not, but hey, I wanted to give him a shout out on the podcast anyway and say congratulations to Ross Miller. Yeah, I, I just so chuffed for him. Congratulations, Ross. Yeah. Oh, so excited. Okay. I did say there's tons more stuff to talk about, and mostly what it's all about is all about bands are in fundraising mode. There are all sorts of race nights uh, being held. I think St. Lawrence are holding one on the 20th of October. There's a few little concerts here and there where band are making, bands are making appearances at different things. Uh, there's bake sales. Uh, I think one band is actually throwing a car boot sale. Uh, stuff, stuff like this. I love to see it because it shows us out there that bands need money like the rest of us. <laughs> so I don't know. I think we've talked about it here on the show before about fundraising and pipe bands and stuff. Yeah. If your band is raising money for uniforms, instruments, or just the general expenses, then please get in touch with us on the Rab Show. We would love to plug it for you and let people know where to go to help support your band so please do get in contact with us just contact us on our facebook page or indeed our twitter at big rab show and you can get yeah a wee shameless plug from ourselves okay let's fly on another little thing that i'm going to briefly mention because i'm sure i'm going to be talking about it on future podcasts the scots trad music awards yeah, the Rab Show Awards has closed its door and a little known awards known as the Scots Traditional Music Awards is about to open its doors. They're currently looking for nominees and these were all open for public vote, of course, just like the Rab Show Awards, but I think they're now closed. So acts such as Ross Ainsley and Ali Hutton were looking for Symbosis 2 to be nominated in a few categories. Also, Scott Wallace was looking at the public to possibly nom- nominate him as Composer of the Year. So, going to be very interesting. I'm sure a lot of us from the bagpiping world will be involved in this Scots Trad Music Awards this year. Yeah, I will be reporting on that as soon as we get, again, another list. Hey, we love lists! But yeah, we love to see us from the piping world being represented at the Scots Trad Awards. And yeah, once the nominees are announced, I will bring them here to you guys on the podcast so you can go and vote and help support pipers around the world and help them pick up a prize or two. Hey, not bad. Right. That's it. Kept us for long enough. It's finally time. Even though I was burping and all sorts in the... (laughs) Talk about professional. Grant, it's time for a cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. Are you on the lookout for a set of vintage pipes? Then look at Source Bagpipes. Bagpipes ranging from McDougall... Glenn, Stark, McKinnon, McPhee, Henderson, Laurie and Sinclair and many, many more. In addition, brand new set of pipes by Booth and Pettigrew. They have a no quibble return policy with 25% deposit securing any set of bagpipes. Also offering a full payment plan to be able to pay for your set of pipes over 12 months. Source Bagpipes now have a range of vintage pipe chanters and vintage practice chanters in stock and are all up on their website. Sourcebagpipes.co.uk Contact Ross for more information. 
LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the USA for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full range of bagpipes, including Henderson and Celtic themed line of kilts, doublets and bespoke Highland wear like sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com Also offers tailored payment plans for any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, they can help you with a full custom design from Adanti Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry or getting that true, unique look for your band, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. The Harris Kilt Company, 150 Sandy Row, Belfast, offering high-quality garments with unique styles enough to cover any wedding, formal event, or even pipe band competition. They can offer a full range of kilt and jacket combinations, all completed with Highland accessories, all available for sale or for hire. If you're looking for a Highland-inspired outfit of the highest quality, then look no further than Harris Kilts. HarrisKilts.com 150 Sandy Row, Belfast. Check them out. Yes, indeed. It's time for Topic of the Week, and I have my lovely big cup of tea beside me. It is gorgeous. Grant, you've clicked on this podcast this week for the Topic of the Week, which is drum scores. Now, this may not be for you pipers out there, but trust me, you're going to want to listen to this, because as a piper, this could be valuable information as well. And now I can hear everybody sighing and rolling your eyes. Oh, drummers. Trust me, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) It's going to be a conversation for both pipers and drummers. So, yeah, why are we talking about drum scores? Well, at the minute, we're in October. We're in the thick of the winter months. And this is when the hard work is done. Through the winter months, when bands are furiously learning material and putting stuff together, all for the 2019 season. Drum scores has to be one of the most important parts of any band's performance. At this moment now, this time of year, is when these things get created. So why are we talking drum scores? It's because right now, out there, lead drummers are creating drum scores for their associated band medleys and MSRs. And it's an extremely important job. And one thing that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, because I know a lot of lead drummers in the piping world, and I've had a conversation with some of them, and some of the conversations have been very concerning. And I wanted to bring it here to the podcast and tell you my views. (laughs) Now, you guys know me. I have been a lead drummer, of course, and many different grades and everything. So... I am quite not an expert on the subject. Flip, I am nowhere near an expert on the subject. But I have a bit of experience in this. And I would like to offer some kind of advice out there. But it's definitely not an ABC of how to do it. Now, drum scores from when I was a lead drummer have completely changed. The landscape has changed from when I was a lead tipper. The last time I was in charge of a core was back in the early 2000s. So that was quite a while ago. It's now 2018. Come on. So, yeah, it's been a while. But back then, I was composing drum scores for a drum corps of possibly 8 to 10 drummers. Plus, we had a tenor line of 4 tenors. But back then, the tenor line weren't tuned 
like they're tuned now. They weren't tuned to pitches on the channel. We actually tried to pitch them to the drones. Anyway, this is really boring for you pipers out there. But either way, what I'm trying to say is that the landscape of drumming has changed. And one thing I want to say about drum scores, and if anything, from all of this conversation about drum scores, I really want to make this clear. A good drum score and a bad drum score. They are... (laughs) They are essentially your band's voice. Now, what do I mean by that? (laughs) A lot of people scratching their head. What is he talking about? Okay, we all know, pipers out there, tune selection is very important. Okay? Tune selection is important because you need to be able to perform that tune well. From start to finish, zero mistakes, all your embellishments, everything where it should be tonal quality being there and everything everyone playing together sounding like a stone play that tune dots on the page start to finish drummers however we are the creative beings in the piping world i'm going to argue that okay because we then have to take that tune that you guys have picked and we have to do something with it that adds a bit of life to the thing Now, the reason I say life is because, thankfully, drummers are the only ones in the piping world that can raise and fall in volume. Now, that's one thing that I believe some drum corps really overlook. That rise and fall in volume. That's one thing that us drummers have going for us. We have dynamic range. The pipe corps don't. So, if you're playing a good drum score with plenty of dynamic range and lots of rise and fall and a lot of emotional range in there, it adds to the performance, it draws the ear in, you'll actually go, ooh, that tune sounds kind of awesome. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, if you were listening to the pipe core, playing it through to the start, to the end, you would think, ah, that's a good tune. Okay, next tune. Uh, But with drummers, however... We have that ability to add drama and emotion to the whole thing. So, as you're creating your drum scores, keep in mind, keep in mind, you are creating the voice of the band. Okay? Now, this is where I spoke about this on the Pipe Major podcast, is that it's very important that you talk to your Pipe Major in this. So, if you're creating drum scores, you should be doing it in conjunction with the Pipe Major. So, you want to know what kind of, yeah, I'll say it, emotion do you want to portray in this particular tune? Do you want us to drive it through and pulse it through with big hard rhythms all the way through? Or do you want us to back off in certain parts, you know, play some nice open work in there? Or do you want us to just roll in there and crescendo the whole thing, build it to the break, and then, way, here we are into the jig or something like that, right? All of these things need to be considered when writing a drum score. Now... I would say, like I have said before, the drumming landscape has changed. In my day, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was all about technicality. Drums, drum scores in there back in the early 2000s, late 90s were all based on technical ability. How much stuff and fancy movements, if you want, can your drum core play cleanly, can play well, and yeah, fit in rhythmically with a tune. So now what I mean by that, I'm sure a lot of drummers are nodding heads. There are so many technical based drum cores out there that are just outstanding. One of the best I think would be Eric Ward's drum core, of course. Outstanding. Glasgow Police at their time with Eric Ward at the helm. 
couldn't have asked for a better drum corps. Technically, we're just simply outstanding. And let's face it, we all know how outstanding Jim Kilpatrick's drum corps were back then with shots. They were just second to none. And that was not no small thing, but thanks to Jim's amazing technical ability. The amount of sheer stuff that Jim could cram in to a bar, never mind a whole part, was just mind-blowing. And the whole fact that the whole corps was able to do it, any wonder they were winning prizes. So technical ability alone back then could have won you prizes. However, like I've said, the landscape has changed. Let's look at bands nowadays. Some drum corps that stand out, of course, are St. Lawrence Atul. St. Lawrence Atul's drum corps, they have their own voice. I would argue the point that you can now stand and listen to drum corps and you can tell immediately, with a click of a finger, you know exactly what drum corps you're listening to, especially in grade one. Now, why is that? Because rhythmically, they have their own voice. All right, there is something, I'm going to say it, there's something quintessentially Irish about the playing of St. Lawrence Atul. There is something in the rhythm that they are playing that just has a certain heartbeat about it. That's I don't know what it is. It's intangible, really. You can't really put your hand on it. But there is something in the pulse and the rhythm and the selection of movements that they use that is quintessentially St. Lawrence Atul. St. Lawrence are a great example of rise and fall as well in the snare line. They go from beating the living hell out of those drums to barely tickling them with the end of the sticks. It's crazy how much rise and fall that Stephen uh, Creighton can get. It's just incredible. Definitely worth a watch. But also, let's look at Inverary. Stephen McWhorter's drum line, of course, they have incredible technical ability. But one thing that they really have going for them is musicality. Now, what I mean by musicality is that you can stand and watch that drum corps and you can hear the tune in their playing. Not just from the tenor line, because obviously they're playing the tuned parts and they're playing out different lines from the, the actual tune. The doo -doo 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 -doo. They're actually playing parts of the tune. So ignore the tenors. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the snare line, rhythmically and musically, you can actually hear the tune in their playing. That's something different again. So let's say you're playing in grade 4B and you're stuck playing marches all the time. How can you stand out and make a real outstanding drum score for grade 4B? Now, this has been asked of me many times. I've been a lead tipper in these roles and I've been told, you're competing, playing 4-4 four, four marches all season. Now, you can imagine my horror when I heard that title, 4-4. Four, four, and I thought, oh, no, 4-4 four, four marches all season. All I'm going to be playing is... Lethal. Oh, joy of joys. Well... It's the lead drummer's job to try and put something different. Take your time signature, make it yours, is my opinion on this. Whenever you listen to some of the big grade one big guns playing real standard tunes, for instance, we've all been talking about it, Scottish Power playing Castle Dangerous, very bog standard tune, played at an outstanding level. They could just blow your face off. Yeah. It shows you what can be done with a very bland time signature that can be really put to the ninth degree and made sound amazing. And that's what you're looking for. 
Now, granted, as drummers, we can be very creative, but we can also be... How do I say this? Lazy. (laughs) We can be very lazy, in fact. I have been victim of this myself. Now, you learn an MSR set for the year. You learn your four-part march, four-part strespay, four-part reel. Boom. Season's done. Okay, brilliant. Let's learn all this and we're good to go. We'll hit the competitive field. We're, We're ready. Come the end of the year, Pipe Major says to you, Hey! We're changing the MSR, Rob. We've picked three new tunes. A new march, a new strespay, a new reel. Well, how many parts are in each? How much work have I got ahead of me? Well, each tune is four parts. And uh, yeah, I'll send you the tunes over. Now, I will admit, I changed the march, I changed the strespay. And then I looked at the reel and thought, well, that set kind of fits. It does kind of fit. Ah, yeah, we'll play it anyway. Sure. The guys know it. It'll, you know... Why bother going over old ground trying to learn a new reel when the four parts we played the year before can do us rightly? (laughs) The amount of times I've heard this being done, by the way, not just by me, but by numerous other lead tippers and by numerous other cores out there, uh, sometimes the copy and paste thing doesn't work. (laughs) Sometimes one reel set doesn't cover every reel. Sometimes one jig doesn't cover every jig. Uh, yeah, I would like you to err on the side of caution with this one. Not every set fits every tune. And that's one thing I wanted to say about drummers who are creating drum scores. You're creating the voice for your band. But also you need to have ears on your head. You need to not be blinded with how much work you have to do. Or how much you have to teach everyone and all that sort of stuff. But you also need to listen to the actual tune. Now we did talk there about musicality when you listen to... uh, yeah, to Inverary's drum corps, or even I would argue Simon Fraser as well. Their drum corps are insanely musical. Um, yeah, and that is because their lead drummers have a very musical ear. They appreciate the tunes and, yeah, the music that the pipers are producing, and they do their best to blend in with that. Now, bands such as Field Marshal Montgomery, the drum corps are there very much to complement the pipers. And none more so than my dancing set. You can listen to it and there's a part in there actually where the drums just stop. They back off completely. And this is during a big moment when we're actually reaching the crescendo of the thing. The drummers just back off. They stop playing. They let the pipers do their thing. And as they do, then they gradually come in again and they build the crescendo to the end. And sometimes that can be done really, really well to that effect. Sometimes it can be seen as being lazy <laughs> by certain drummers. This is, oh, I'll back out for half a part there or maybe the full part. Eh, I don't know. Sometimes the effect works, sometimes it doesn't. But I would urge you to use a musical ear when you're creating drum scores for your snare line. Definitely worth considering when you're putting stuff together. Now, one final point I wanted to talk to you about about drum scores is especially nowadays. Now, this is, you know, beyond my era, like I said. Uh, but now, tenor cores and bass lines are absolutely paramount to everything that you're doing as a snare line. Now, the reason why I say this is because, yeah, they are the meat in the sandwich. I've been saying this for years. The bass drummer is the heartbeat of the band. If that heart's not working, the band ain't working. Okay, so let's work on bass drum and tenor drums. 
when putting sets together. Especially when we're putting the snare line together because those accented beats, that's where your tenors are going to live. And those big pulses, you want your strong, weak, medium, weak for your space. You need that. And if you don't have it in your sets, you're already beat before you hit the line. You know what I mean? If you don't have that pulse going through the Strasbay in some form or other, you're wasting your time. So that strong, weak, medium, weak, that kind of thing, right? I'm not giving you a drumming lesson by any means, but there are certain tunes that require certain requirements, and we need to concentrate on basses and tenors, all of that. And it's one thing, whenever putting snare lines together, sometimes snare drummers forget, especially lead tippers of the old school persuasion, such as myself. Now, if I was to try and sit down and start writing bass lines and tenor lines, I would be completely lost. I would not know where to start, and yeah, frankly, way above my head. Which is why recently on the podcast we've been talking about bass drumming. Uh, Well, not recently, but we did a while ago. We've done some featured podcasts on bass drumming, and we may do one on tenor drumming as well. We could talk to some tenors. Uh, So, yeah, involve everyone in the process. It should be a collaborative effort. Um, not just done on a dictatorship and say, here, there's a folder of stuff, learn that. Alright, it should be a process where everyone's involved, especially the PM and your base core. Yeah. Grant, guys, I hope I haven't completely alienated every piper in the audience, but I hope it's been an interesting conversation because it's one that I think we should look at more in the piping world. Drummers are the pipe band voice. You can tell the difference between one pipe band and another, not by the tunes they're playing, because any band can play any tune, but you can tell the difference in a band by their drummers. And let's face it, us as drummers, as we move from band to band and we play under different lead drummers, we notice it ourselves. Styles change. Every lead drummer is different. They have a different approach to the music. Some are more technical mind. Some are more musically mind. Some are more, as I call, blood and thunder. They want to thump their way through every set and smack and bang and crash. Woo! Fireworks, baby! And some want to be so subtle and sit back and let the pipers do the work. Sometimes that's right. Sometimes it's not. So uh, Difficult. Difficult. And it's one of those things that makes the piping game so interesting. It's where the drummers sit in the mix essentially it's a pipe band it's not a pipe core it's a pipe band you need drummers in there to be the voice of the band we have luckily i'll say it again we have that ability to rise and fall and dynamic and be able to create drama that's what makes drumming so interesting that's possibly what drew me to be a drummer rather than a piper but that being said musically we have to be there as well as the pipers You know, the Pipers could be putting on the performance of a lifetime and we could be behind them battering the living crap out of our drum and not really listening as to what the Pipers are doing. We have to be open-eared and very aware musically of what we're trying to achieve. So, with all of you lead drummers that I've been speaking to recently who are putting drum scores together, some lead drummers I've spoke to, I'm not going to name them, but they have actually told me that they wait until after the world solos. Now, the reason why they do this is because they listen to the world solos to see if they can pick up any nice tips. <laughs> Not kidding. There's some lead tippers out there say, oh, they listen to the world solos. Some, some even go to the solos and they watch the guys involved in the hope that they will hear a tune or something that they recognize is going to be part of their set. 
And they don't try and rip it off, but they certainly try and get some ideas rhythmically what to do. Now, with the world solos around the corner, I have to say the sets that these guys are going to be playing are solo sets. They are solo drumming sets. They are not to be used in a band situation. I repeat, not for pipe band use. Definitely not. Oh my word. I think if you were to take any of these solo drumming sets and put them in a drum corps situation, the majority of them will not work and will be a bit of a disaster. Now, the reason behind this is because this solo snare drumming drummer competitor on that stage is there to show their technical ability, as well as their musical ability, but from a solo perspective. They don't have the same rise and fall and dynamic. They don't have the range of voices around them, like tenors and bass. And, yeah, let's face it, they're trying to show off. They're trying to show that judge Look at my amazing hands. Look at how technical I can be and how clean my playing can be. All of that. Look at all this amazing open work and how technical it is with all the doubles and the drags. and the. <laughs> you don't need half of that stuff whenever it comes to playing in a drum core. And that's the difference between solo playing and pipe band playing, essentially, I think. Um, that technically-wise, you need to be more technically focused when it comes to a solo performance, but when it comes to a band performance, you are more concerned with the overall music aesthetic. There's a big word for you. Yeah, the overall musical performance is king in a pipe band performance, but whenever it comes to a solo performance, it's all about your technical ability and your adherence to the musical voice, if that makes any sense. So you're trying your best to accompany the pipe and music, but... Where the action really is, is your technical ability. Yeah. That's a very long conversation about drumming this week on the podcast. One of which that I'm sure I have put myself in a hole and alienated every bagpiper around me. But I hope it's been a conversation that's been kind of, sort of interesting to some. And yeah, if you are in the middle of creating drum scores, please do spare a thought for your pipers. You do need to think about your tune selection and where it's going as far as a voice for a band is concerned. There you go. Grand. And I wish you well, by the way. Writing drum scores is not easy. In fact, it's possibly one of the most hardest things to do every season. Once they're written, though, and once everyone's learnt it, that's it. Job done. Game over, man. Go home. It's finished. That's it. The hard work's over. Once the sets are learnt. But I wish you well. The winter months are not easy. And this is one of the most arduous tasks ahead of drummers. Is putting all these creative sets together. It's one thing that I kind of am envious about bagpipers. You guys have dots on the page. You want to learn a tune. You go and look up a book. If you want to be a drummer and you want to learn a tune. You need to find out what your lead drummer has put and written for it. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Us drummers are a little bit of a creative bunch. So mm, not as easy for us drummers. We can't lift a book. Anyway, that's it for another Rap Show podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. It's been a bit of a long one, uh, but we are slowly building towards episode 100. Yeah, we're getting there. Get your tickets, bigrabshow.com. We'd love to see you there. And also, a shout out again to the guys of the Channel Ramp podcast. Thank you for sending these guys our direction to send us mails in and stuff, and voicemails especially. Brilliant to see. And if you guys would love to mail us in on any of our topics of the week, then please do get in contact with us. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Now, before we go, uh, I've been talking about in future podcasts that we will be talking about the topic of sexism. 
Yes, we are currently in the works putting Sexism Part 2 together and it's proving to be a bit difficult. Uh, We are not having many people come forward and wanting to be on the podcast talking on the topic. So I'm going to throw open the door to you guys, the listeners of the podcast. If anyone out there would like to tell us your story about sexism in the piping world that we really want to hear from you. So you can mail us in biggrabshow at gmail.com. And also to answer a lot of questions, don't worry, judging part two is around the corner. Uh, It's looking at the moment that it may be either just before episode 100 or maybe just right after it. Don't know yet. We'll just have to wait and see if we can get some final interviews lined up and stuff. It's all a work in progress. This is all in front of us. Don't forget, check us out on Patreon. You get your hands on some extra content. Plus, you'll be getting the Big Rab Show podcast. Plus, that'll be coming. And yeah, that's exclusive for Patreon subscribers. So if you do want to help support the podcast, you can go over to Patreon. Click that We Support button. And yeah, you can get all sorts of extra content that we're uploading on there. So all sorts of goodness. Okay, that's it for another Rab Show podcast. And again... Thanks so much for joining us and clicking on everything that we've been doing on social media. Don't forget to check us out on the Facebook page or indeed our Twitter at Big Rab Show. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. So with each and every episode gets uploaded, you'll get a notification to let you know that ding, one's been uploaded and you can tick all this piping goodness away with you completely for free. Grand. That's it. We'll see you on the podcast again. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1 Reads, played by bands around the world, including our current champion of champions, Inverarian District. Don't forget to check out TheBigRabShow.com for all of your Big Rab Show merch and news, views and chat throughout the week. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on The Big Rab Show Podcast. All the best. <laughs>